Imagine you're a musician and somebody asks you to describe your music and your answer is progressive rock. Can you imagine? We're talking about Prague today. So Prague, what is it? What is Prague? What is Prague rock? What makes something Prague? If you put the word Prague in front of pretty much any genre of music, why does that always make it suck more? Is Prague different from Prague rock? Why does Prague think they're better than the rest of us? You know, I know a lot of assumptions are being made here and, you know, maybe even some lines are being crossed. And I'll admit that I don't have answers to any of these questions. I mean, I don't even know if these are questions that are worth asking. And admittedly, I don't know a lot about Prague. I don't really listen to anything that, you know, other people would proudly refer to as Prague, maybe other than the first few King Crimson albums. I mean, I've tried uh, I've tried Caravan, I've tried Genesis, Yes, and, and none of those bands are even remotely doing what King Crimson was doing in their prime. You know, actually, if the baseline on uh, Roundabout is Prague, then sign me the fuck up. That shit rules. But anyway, my point here, what was my point? Oh, okay. My point is that Prague is, it's, it's just kind of weak, you know? And uh, I'm gonna show you why through some good old-fashioned cherry-picking, but for real, like a lot of the revered Prague of the world falls into like one of these three schools, almost always. First up, you've got your really dainty Prague rock that only British people could possibly make. whiteness of it I mean I just can't man like we have Pink Floyd already nobody needs two bands of dreary British blokes writing like 17 minute multi-part like songs across 12 different concept albums and I, I kid you not like that band's name is Egg Egg but that's you know, a good chunk of 70s prog is something in that vein that you just heard. I mean, it's it's essentially soft rock with dudes who can play their asses off. And, you know, that, that might be really appealing for some people. You know, the soft rock part, very appealing to me. Uh, mu musicmanship and talent, I don't need. I don't need a lot of that. But let's get on to the second school of prog. This can be called no other name other than ponytail prog. <laughs> That was Spiral Architect. Heroes to ponytails everywhere, especially guitar center employees and dudes in their mid-40s who have instructional YouTube guitar channels. And you know what? Like, I actually respect the shredding. Like, I, I really do. But there's nothing about this music that justifies the complexity. Like, there's exactly one way to react to shit like this. And it's just by noticing, wow, you guys probably practice 16 hours a day and if you try to like listen to the music and absorb it 
is the exact same thing. You just can think to yourself, wow, these guys practice 16 hours a day. Like, that's it. Like, what's there left to discuss? You're excellent at practicing dudes. Like, great, great work. Uh, all right. Lastly, and I'm sure I'm still missing some other prog flavors, but the last big category we need to ridicule is jazz fusion prog. And this one is a complete mystery to me. doesn't even matter who that band is this stuff is just silly i mean you could just picture these dudes playing live somewhere in like uh, belgium or something and just being so pleased with themselves and i know fusion is about combining jazz like improv with different rock music styles but i, I don't think these guys are seeing past anything other than the idea of like taking solos every like minute or two like, i just don't understand who needs this well, let me like fill you in on the shortcut here. So after Miles Davis's band put out like like 15 albums of like groundbreaking jazz music, Miles got a band together and like just started like playing and ripping into this like kind of demonic, like fusiony funk jazz for a few years. I think a lot of these records don't really get a lot of shine to be honest, but like those records right there, that should be reason enough for these fusion bands to just like pack it up and call it a day. You know, listen to Miles Davis's Live Evil and his album Get Up With It and you will know exactly what I'm talking about. All right, so now that I've dragged Prague through the mud, we can get on with whatever it is we have left in this rabbit hole. And you know what? You, you might end up loving Emerson, Lake and Palmer, or Gentle Giant, or Vandergraaff Generator. And that's totally fine. I mean, I wish you all the luck in the world while you crawl down that rabbit hole, but that is not the high we're chasing after today. So what's left after excavating all of that prog? What we're left with is music that leaves a lot of the proggy tropes behind. Um, we still want musicians who can really play but more importantly, we want them not to feel emasculated when they just want to ride a simple two-note riff for four minutes because there's not a utilitarian reason to switch to a different time signature like every four bars or do shit like have a dueling guitar and keyboard battle in the middle of the song. Sometimes the best thing you can do for humanity is just get really high, ride a nasty groove, and ride that bitch out until you start sobering up. So we're starting the rabbit hole here with weirdo kind of savant bands who are into jazz and they're into classical music and they're into psychedelic rock. You know, a lot of the same influences that these uh, dinosaur prog bands are into. But, you know, I imagine these bands finding way more inspiration in something like the rhythm section of James Brown's band than like the avant-garde multi-tracking techniques on Sgt. Pepper's. You know, bands who follow their funky intuitions, even when it's abundantly clear that they have little business being that funky. Basically where my instincts go with this stuff is I want prog with an edge and maybe even a disdain for the prog community. I mean, we want musicians who can play their asses off. We all want that, but they gotta know when to turn on the shred button and they gotta know when to turn the proggy faucet off and just get into some dumb caveman shit or even some just bizarro kind of like experiments. So I'm gonna call this stuff nasty prog. And I know that's a really stupid term. This whole podcast basically is gonna revel in stupid terms. 
but you know this kind of descriptor that I'm using is for Prague that doesn't comport with kind of the grand tradition of Prague and shows us some of the weirder spaces that this stuff can occupy. I mean there's like no way any of us can play what these bands are playing on a skill talent level but you can at least imagine that if you know somebody who was an absolute beast on whatever instrument it is that they play and they were a good decent human being they might end up writing and performing you know the music that we're going to get into today all right i feel like i've built up a lot of hype so i know i have to deliver here this first track is called master builder it's by the band gong this is a british prog rock band this came out in 1974 and the first time I heard this song it was just one of those musical moments where I'm like, oh, this this is a sound. The sound has kind of been somewhere buried deep in my head for a long time, and now I'm finally hearing it. And those kinds of musical moments don't happen very often. I mean, I've even gone into record stores before, kind of felt out the vibe of the store, and asked the clerk, like, hey, do you know the band Gong? Do you know the album You? Do you know the song Master Builder? <laughs> Can you recommend me stuff that's just like this? I haven't found anything that quite rivals it, but this is a great place to start. This song has everything you need. It is basically the prototype for everything I talked about and the antithesis of all of the shit that I talked on. So the drumming is amazing. I think at one point uh, the blast beat is invented in here. I mean, see if you can pick that out and let me know what you think. It's got an amazing, sinister, dark groove running through it. It's got flutes, it's got space noises, it's got weird chanty vocals, it's got like an Eastern uh, esoteric thing running through it. I mean, it, it's everything that I want and then some. So uh, if, if this song doesn't do anything for you, I, I probably would just recommend you tap out of this episode.
So for some reason, a fair amount of 70s soundtrack music ends up getting slotted into prog rock category territory. And it's not always because it sounds like your 70s, usual 70s prog, but maybe there was nowhere else to put it. I don't know. But anyway, this next song falls into that category. This song is called The Shock. It's by a band called Libra, who are an Italian band. And the song is the title track, the main theme for a movie by Mario Bava, who's huge, like legendary Italian filmmaker, influenced pretty much everyone in the world of horror and is kind of like the godfather of Italian horror uh, movies. But anyway, this song is so uh, strangely funky and it's just one of those riffs that's so simple, but the way it's played is so off kilter. It's just an absolutely great, great, great tune. Um, anytime I play this for someone, they're always like, I need to know what this is immediately. And I don't know, it's just got that good schlock factor that uh, Prague can sometimes uh, give a listener. So here it is, Libra, the shock. Thank you. 
All right, this next one is by the band Can. The song is called Mother Sky. It appears on their album Soundtrack, um, which is an album of some of their songs that they've contributed to films. Uh, this particular rendition is a shortened one. The original is about 14, 15 minutes. So we're going to hear a condensed six, seven minute version that came off an anthology compilation. Um, but you'll get the idea. Can is often referred to as a Krautrock band. Uh, I suppose Krautrock falls under the the umbrella of progressive rock and maybe experimental rock. I don't know. This is where genres and subgenres get really strange, and I don't really have much interest in mapping this stuff out on any kind of intellectual or academic level. All I know is it can was an insane band for me, the best of the the German uh, kraut rock bands, which gotta be honest, like a lot of them were really, really good. The the quality level in that scene was was extremely high. But can it's hard to call them a prog rock band. I, they get labeled that, but they were definitely doing really progressive things. And they're an example of a band that just kind of is really content to ride on a riff for a really long period of time and still be absolutely insane musicians. And that's why I put that on here. That's what I want to display. That's kind of the thing I want to show that that level of restraint that is really apparent in their music. So this one is called Mother Sky.
This next one is by the granddaddy of all prog rock bands, King Crimson. The song is called Indiscipline. The album is called Discipline. And this came out in 1981 after the band took like seven or eight years off. The album is kind of almost talking heads, new wave sounding, but this particular song, aside from maybe the production, doesn't have that vibe. It's essentially a demonstration in what you can do with one riff and loud and soft dynamics and the band basically just going full force on this one riff. I mean, King Crimson are notorious for being the most unreal musicians. I mean, this is a band prog rock people really, really nerd out on and study and worship and their live sets are bootlegged like endlessly. So it's that kind of thing, but uh, they've always been a band that had a little bit of a fuck you attitude I think and this song is just so cool because it's just again it's just them using their powers to do one thing and just absolutely level the the listener on this one riff and building all of these different things on top of it the drumming and the soloing are especially amazing I do remember one thing. It took hours and hours, and by the time I was done with it, I was so involved, I didn't know what to think. I carried it around with me for days and days, playing little games, like not looking at it for a whole day, and then looking at it to see if I still liked it. I did! myself when under stress I repeat 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 the more I look at it the more I like it I do think it's good the fact is no matter how closely I study it no matter how I take it apart no matter how I break it down, it remains consistent. I wish you were here to see it!
right, the next one is by the band Goblin, and the track is called Zombie, Z-O-M-B-I. This is an Italian prog rock band that did a ton of soundtracks, uh, especially for uh, Dario Argento. And this song was on the European cut of the film uh, Zombie, uh, Dawn of the Dead. So, um, again, it's another track that's connected to Italian soundtracks. I like this kind of stuff a lot because it uses a lot of the really corny dynamics, sounds, and kind of keyboard noodling and synth noodling that a lot of prog rock has, but it just does it in a badass way. It it does it in a way that's so cool and is honestly like you listen to the song and you can tell that it pulls a lot from like someone like Curtis Mayfield or Isaac Hayes or something like that, just in terms of like the instrumentation, the rhythms, that sort of bouncy rhythm and that you hear in a lot of that, that early funk stuff. So again, it's prog rock that is trying to be funky, has no business being funky, but ends up somehow pulling it off.
last one, the last nasty prog jam we got is one of the best. This is Meeting of the Spirits by Mahavishnu Orchestra off the album The Inner Mounting Flame. So this is John McLaughlin's uh, group. And this is the best example of jazz fusion plus prog rock all combined because these guys really play like like a jazz band and this particular song has a really kind of eerie riff and melody running through it and it's just a really really great example of a band that can play like so well and is for the most part unleashing all over this song and not controlling very much at least it wouldn't appear that way but i think the 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 control and the discipline in in their playing is evident if you just listen to this several times you can tell when people are pulling back and when people are kind of stepping to the forefront but this is a great song it's also super duper heavy and i've heard uh, a lot of uh, really cool metal bands reference this album and this band a lot and it makes a lot of sense this is heavy fusion music
All right, kiddos. Remember, don't listen to prog rock. Thanks for sticking around to the end. If you can rate, review the show, that would be cool. If you want to send me an email, I'm at thesoniccloth at gmail.com. Feedback, suggestions, insistence on ceasing this podcast immediately, whatever it is you got to say to me, say it. All right, till next time.